today we gonna share the next few moments in this idea. Don't give up. Have you have you been in a place that you want to give up? Have you ever have you ever uh, heard of somebody? If you are parents and if you try to help your children uh, to do something, uh, do you remember the moment you say, "I'm done with you"? There is there is some you know uncomfortable laughing that I'm hearing here, because because this is something that we all experience. Uh, if you have never experienced this, you need to take a class on trying to be honest. <laughs> because, because this is an experience that is not always that we want to give up on other people, but oftentimes we give up on ourselves. There are oftentimes we edit ourselves out of whether it is a relationship or a career, whether it is a class or a, a blessing, oftentimes we, we think of giving up, we think of some outside factors, but oftentimes we forgot to acknowledge that we give up on ourselves. We give up on our identity, on our true identity, that we are the best idea that God have ever come up with. Let that sink in. You and I are the best idea that God ever come up with. Because if you go back to the whole story of our creation, he, he, he created everything and then, and then uh, laid down the job description of everything, point towards you and me. We have a responsibility to all of the things that he created. And so sometimes in those experiences, sometimes you give up because the responsibility is just too much. Sometimes you want to give up because, you know, the child continue to ask more and more and more and they give you a little, you know, side swab of a new title with a lot of added responsibility, but finance doesn't reflect the added responsibility. But you like, you like the idea of, you know, a title. I mean, there is nobody, there is nobody who, who um, enjoy being picked last for the team or not pick at all. But there is always an opportunity, there is always somebody, you know, you, you, <laughs> here it is, let's pick who you want to be on your team. And there is always there's always a moment of realization, well, maybe nobody really wanna pick me to be in their team for whatever reason. And such experiences, you gave up on yourself. So, so I hope for the next few moments, we will have this internal dialogue about don't give up. It's a fascinating story. Uh, I want for you to read this story with me. It's a part of a long story. Uh, but in this part, uh, I want for you to just give it a new hearing. Maybe not. Um, I'm just saying. So he just wanted me to read it for, oh, never mind. There it is. Would you stand? Let us read together. 
And I want for you to read out loud. Hey, just in case you don't know, there's mics that are hanging down on the side for your voice. And so all of our friends out there, they, they, they want to hear you. They want to hear you. If you can see this far, say amen. Let us read. The same night he got up and took his two wives, two maids, and his 11 children and crossed for the forward, the chamber. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on his hip socket, and Jacob's head was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and humans and prevailed. Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you are asked my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, for I have seen God's face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him, and he passed on Peniel, limping because he has... Therefore, to this day, the Israel do not eat the tight muscle that is on the hip socket, because he struck Jacob on the hip socket and the thigh muscle. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So God, for the next few moments, if and when it's necessary, use me. Remove anything that might stand on our way of hearing you and you alone. Open our minds, our heart, and our spirit. Invade our comfortable places. God, let your healing happen physically, mentally, emotionally. Let our history go away. Let our pain submit to your power. Let your promise be our hope. Let your joy be our strength. And let your spirit be our guide as we continue to follow you. Humble us the way that you know how. God, I know I'm not worthy to do this work. Speak to us. Help. It is in your mighty name, Jesus Christ, we pray. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say amen again. Amen. Not too long ago, some of you uh, uh, suffered from uh, uh, some struggles that most of us have. We spend too much time on, uh, on Facebook. Uh, but you uh, saw uh, my status. I talk a lot as of late about my, uh, my brother. Don't be fooled by his size. He's my youngest brother. He just looked big, and he is bigger than me, but he's my youngest brother. My youngest brother is my, my little sister who live in Dallas. Uh, they, they pretty much uh, grew up at home. In a sense, uh, my two other siblings, they, um, one was much older, and she moved away, and, 
And uh, my brother next to me was adopted, and so I never really knew him until later in life. And the other two, I pretty much um, raised them in a way we kind of do life together most of our life. And so we have a really, really close relationship. And when I say close, it doesn't mean that there is a distance between us uh, Polynesian people. We are, we are close to one another. Uh, and so, <clears throat> so recently, uh, I got a call uh, from uh, my little sister-in-law to tell me about the status of health for my little brother. And he was out in, uh, uh, in the backyard, um, in the back of, of our house. He had um, um, little fences of different sizes uh, for our pigs. And uh, so we have quite a bit of those. And, uh, and that's how I feel from time to time when I go home. I mean, I had to feed those animals. And, and so he was out there feeding the, uh, the pigs and somehow he, he tripped somehow, or I don't know, but he fell. He fell backward and his uh, right hip around the area, uh, evidently that's where he landed. I mean, this is a big guy. If you think I'm big, he was big. Uh, in, in all ways, I mean, big round, big up. Uh, I mean, my, my youngest brother have, I mean, he had big legs. He was really, really a healthy guy. And when he fell, the bigger you are, the harder you fall. And he did. The next day, he could not stand up. And then following days, weeks, was about two weeks. So I share with you, some of you inquire about it. It was one of those moments, it was one of those moments when I see him, when I see him on the phone, we, we kind of live on the internet, on Facebook, video call, so I, because it's free. I mean, calling home, if you pay for it, um, it's like five bucks a minute. And so, so doing this way, life, uh, I, I'm so blessed, so as many, many people in the world. I got to see him, but it was one of those moments. All I can see is pain. Hardly open his eyes, and all I can hear is moaning. And you know, it, it, when, when you really get close to somebody, when they suffer pain, physical pain, I, I don't know. But it's one of those moments, I want to take the pain. If there anybody in that circle needs pain, uh, if, if it means that I'll take the pain and, and take it away from him, I want it to be that one. It was really, really a struggle. And then, and then I, I thought, okay, let's figure out the doctor, medical stuff. Uh, end up in the hospital. He didn't really want to go to the hospital. And rightfully so, I finally figured out he didn't want to go to the hospital because he couldn't stand up. It would take a whole village to carry him in. So finally make it to the hospital. They did an x-ray, they did CD scans, they put him in those, you know, big humongous test tube. That's the easiest way to describe it. They, they, they run this amazing camera in and, you know, front and back and turn and all of that. And then came back to the report. I say, well, I was convinced that there's a broken bone in there somewhere. 
They're going to be a crack because it was 24-7. I mean, all I can see in my brother's face and I can hear. <clears throat> it's pain. And then making it worse, he started calling mom and dad. And then on top of that, God, I want to live. As I share with you, if mom and dad was alive, I think I would be stressed out, but I'll be okay. But now I'm the oldest one. I have to take care of all of this from this vast distance. Maybe you'll get there some days when your children move out with their families and maybe they, they have deployed to somewhere in the world and maybe they experience your grandchildren or great-grandchildren might experience pain and you want to be there and you can't. So the doctors say, he's still all together. What? And no broken bone. Seems to be everything is still intact. It was like, where the pain come from? Well, they gave him some pain medicine, and I was grateful for that. But then they, they were thinking about going home, and I said to my brother, please stay. Make sure that between taking medicine for your pain, there is no pain. Otherwise, you feel a little relief because of the medicine. And you go home and run out of this medication, you're still going to be in pain. So they send him home. Still experience pain. Then um, we Tongans still do this. We have medicine men and women still hanging around in the villages. So, you, you will think that I'm kind of crazy and funny about this, uh, but our life in Tonga is so, the veil between this life that we share and death, it's, it's so thin where we are. For example, we have these experiences at home. This might not be, uh, you, you, you will probably file charges against my theology at this moment. But I'm talking from, well, from a purely cultural experience. There will be times when somebody, because I did this, I asked my brother next to me. There have been time in the past when, when something like that happened. And uh, no medical stuff happened, they can fix it. And then somebody somewhere, um, I remember one experience, somebody was having this massive headache that just could not be fixed. No medicine, no you know, local medicine. And then finally somebody went by a graveyard, a graveside for um, a parent. And something happened to it. So they, they embalmed, but is that the word? They opened it up. And they found out that the box, the burial box, somebody made those boxes and there were nails in it. And the nail fell on somebody's, uh, that, that parent's head. And as soon as they fixed that, all the hair just went away. 
So, so the veil between life and death in my culture is so thin. So because this medical thing didn't make sense to me, I said to my brother next to me, please, when you get out of school today, just go around, go by mom and dad, graveside, just check on it. Grandma, graveside is at the back of the same plot, just check on grandma. And some other side. And he called back, he said, everybody are intact. I said, okay. As I was reading this story again, I was reminded because somebody, there's, there's a local guy who uh, in a seminary at home. Uh, my brother knew about him, and so he went to talk to him about maybe they have a little family medicine kind of treatment. And so he came over to the house, and he did something that I have done when I was a, uh, much younger in athletic exercise. You kind of lay up that way, and you throw one leg on the other side, and you look your upper body the other side, you kind of stretch the muscle somewhere in here. And if you ever go to, uh, um, what is those doctors? Yes, those things. Sometimes they do those exercises, and eventually he came over, and he did that to my brother. And I talked to my brother, and he said, when he, when he lay down and twist my body, my upper body, and my leg, I thought I was going to die. And I look at him and say, you didn't, did you? Because he's talking to me. And he said, after that, I don't know what happened. But he said, Big brother, I slept all night. For the very first time, his wife was like, I keep waking up in the middle of the night to keep looking at him, keep putting my, my, my hands over his face because it was stunning. Few days of constant moaning. It, it was just silence. Now he snored, that's, that's one thing, but that means he was in good place. I was thinking about Jacob and his wrestling with God. You have to remember, you remember the story of Jacob. He grew up in a dysfunctional family. And when I say dysfunctional family, that's most family in the Bible. If you really, really look in the Bible to find, find a model for a healthy fam family, go find Dr. Phil. Because most family in the Bible are dysfunctional family. They have drama from cover to cover. And Jacob, his name is trickster. That's what Jacob means. Because his, him and his twin came out, his twin come, come first, and, and evidently the description of Jacob, when he, when he came out of moms, he was reaching for the heel of his, his older twin. And since his birth, all the way to the story today, that's his life. He was called by trying to grab on to other people's things. All his life, he has spent it figuring out and strategizing a way that he can get a hold of other people's stuff. And so, when he met this, this God, I mean, he have a lot of things he have grabbed along the way. It didn't help that his mom helped him along doing this crazy stuff. So he's in, in the culture. In this culture, uh, they still live by inheritance. 
And I, I, I really understand that. That's the reason why I went home the last time I went home, because of inheritance, which means the oldest uh, male, you got a double portion of everything. And so I went home because we have land that I am responsible for now. And the legal stuff, you have to, you know. So, so uh, Jacob uh, tricked his brother. I mean, I don't know what his brother was thinking. Well, I know. He was hungry. He came back from hunting. He was starving. And there was, there was uh, you know, I mean, it's one thing to get a bowl of bean soup. I mean, that is how he stole this thing. He, he wanted a bowl of bean soup. I would tell him, go down here and get a bowl of gumbo. It will be much better than that. And then he gave up. His older brother gave up his, all, his whole blessing of inheritance to his little brother for a bowl of bean soup. And then, and then he and his mom, Jacob and his mom, uh, strategized to get the whole blessing. Because the blessing on inheritance is, uh, dad have to lay hands on the oldest child and deliver this blessing. And deliver this blessing in this culture is a divine handing over of divine blessing. Lay hand and then with a blessing is giving God's blessing for that family is hand over to the oldest male. And that means that the oldest male have the responsibility for the full household. That's why it was so heavy for me thinking that mom and dad are over here. I am responsible for all my brothers and sisters, all their children, all their grandchildren. As long as I live, I am responsible for all of that. It's heavy responsibility. And then mom and Jacob get together and then trick dad to give the blessing to Jacob. Jacob have another uncle. You go back and read this, you remember the story by the name of Laban. Laban was worse than Jacob. He tricked everybody. You remember the story, it's a funny story, but not so funny in some direction. So Jacob went at work, worked for a wife, father-in-law, said, okay, if you wanna marry this daughter, you have to work for free for seven years. And then after seven years, it was like, all right, I've done all my, uh, my, my, my work. You can hand over their daughter. Well, he slept with a daughter. Woke up the next day and said, oops, that's not the right one. You tricked me. And then the father of these children said, well, if you really want, Rachel, here, here you're going to have to work seven more years. Rachel must have been, a, you know, it could be a hot mama or hot daddy. I don't know. But evidently, seven more years was just good enough for Jacob. 14 years altogether. Not only 14 years, he worked for that. But then, add on a few more years to that. Here's the good news, brothers and sisters. Even with all the damage that he was doing to other people, and even with the damage good that he was, God always stayed with Jacob. God never left him. You would have thought that a just God would just leave people like that. The good news of this story is that God was with Jacob all his life. 
That's the phrase, why good things happen to bad people. One theologian say, after the fall, the, the, the true statement is, is why, why is bad people got good things for a whole generation that live under the curse of first Adam? God was with him because as long as he continued to live his life, he continued to multiply his possession. His blessing continued to grow and grow. It's a fascinating story to go and read. Now his brother was mad because he realized his inheritance was not worth a cup of bean soup. So in this juncture of our story, Jacob was gonna face his brother. Jacob have enough for his uncle. He's living with his wives, all four of them. One was enough, but he wanted four of them. And with all the children and all his possessions and all his blessing. And then he head back in the direction where his brother is heading toward him. And all along, he's thinking, this is not going to be good. This is not the kind of family union that Jacob really wanted to go be. To his surprise, to his surprise, his brother simply accepted him. So on the way, he met this God. This is one of those, the context of this story has been taken out of context theologically from time to time. Um, but then Jacob fell asleep and then he realized he is in this struggle. I don't know if you ever wrestle somebody. When my boys, my boys are bigger than me. They are, they are bigger now. But when they were young, um, they always wanted to be dead. And they tried, they strategized. You know, the best time to attack dad is when dad is preoccupied with something else. And they always attack from behind. They just run and try to... Tackle. And, and at any given moment when we wrestle, uh, you know, I could have just show them. I would have break them in pieces. But there's always these moments when dad say, okay, I'm going to let you win. And when they win, they, they thought they conquered the world. God have a moment with Jacob. Because it doesn't make sense. How did God gave up on this? That he seemed to lose to Jacob. No, he didn't. He let the victim become the victor in a moment. And in our journeys from time to time, in our journey from time to time, do not misguide the idea that your blessing that you receive have nothing to do with God letting you have that blessing. Because here's the deal, here's the deal. Brothers and sisters, family and friends, here is the deal. Every single one of us have a limp when we walk. You know what the limp is? It's a reminder that you have been with God. When you see people who kind of walk with that, they kind of walk with their hip, you might think that there's a style. It might be a style, but I'm just reminding you, when you see that from now on, you won't see it the same way. 
Some of us, our limp, it might be a relationship. Some of us, our limp, it might be a job. To have a discomfort in our journey is to be reminded that God has been there with us. Now here's the deal. Whenever you experience God, do not hold on. Do not let go. Hold on as long as you can. Why hold on? Because your blessing is coming. What is your name? You don't need my name. I just need blessing. I can't tell you. The only comfort that I ever have in this experience with my brother was just holding on to God. There's nothing else. No amount of money. No amount of reputation. No amount of status. There's nothing going to fix that. Other than I say, God, you're the only thing I have. And I won't let you go until you give me peace. You might be in that place. Keep holding on. Do not give up. For all of you kids, if you feel like you're tired of doing homework, don't give up. If you're tired of cleaning your room, don't give up. If you're tired of mom and dad, keep, bring me this, bring me that, don't give up. There will be a day you'll understand the blessing of all of that. Keep holding on. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people say amen.